Luke chapter 9, and we're going to read and study very briefly verses 18 through 27. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, The Christ of God. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone, and he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. So Jesus says in verse 23, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. For whoever loses his life for me will save it. Wow. Who who is this Jesus? Jesus asks his own disciples, Who am I? And so I want to ask you this morning, Who is Jesus in your life? The disciples say, well, you know, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, one of the prophets. So there were a lot of false ideas about who Jesus was, and that really hasn't changed a whole lot in our day either. But Jesus wants to know if the disciples themselves are clear on who he really is. And so he asks, who do you say I am? And Peter gives the Sunday school answer, and he's right on the nose. You are the Christ of God, meaning the Messiah, the Deliverer. Now keep in mind, the disciples had already committed to following Jesus. They had no idea where this was going to lead them, but they were already following him. But before they could move ahead and continue following him, they had to come to a full realization of who he was. They needed to recognize that he was God. Just notice that. Before they could become who Christ wanted them to be and do what Christ wanted them to do, they had to realize that Christ was God and God of their lives. And so this morning, I I could ask you, who is Jesus? Is he a good teacher, a prophet, or God? And hopefully, most of us would say, Jesus is God. But if I asked, is Jesus the God of your life? That might be a different discussion. You know, in my life, I first heard about God in Sunday school. Very young age, uh, this very dear lady told me that if I would believe in Christ, say a prayer, if I would ask for the forgiveness of my sins, I would go to heaven. And so I did. And thank God for that. 
the only problem was I thought that that was it. You know, I, I said the prayer, I'm going to heaven, had no influence on my life whatsoever, but I believe in Jesus. Well, later on in life, I had a crisis of sorts as I was reading the book of James. And if you read the Bible, it will cause crisis. It will stir you up sometimes. It will comfort you, encourage you, but it also will stir you up. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 19 say, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Uh Uh-oh. I just got put in the same category as the demons who believe in God. And so at that point, I was thinking, does God want more from me than my prayer in Sunday school? I mean, what, what does it mean to really follow Jesus? My parents had taught me to be a good man. They had good dreams for me that I would get a good paying job and that I would just be happy. But what if following Jesus meant I couldn't have all that? And what did it really mean to follow Jesus? Well, I wasn't sure who to listen to on this, so I went back to the scriptures because I thought that would be the surest place. And I found Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, which says, Love the Lord your God with all your mind. Wait a minute. It doesn't say that. That's part of it. But that was my Sunday school idea about what it meant to follow Jesus, that I could do it with just my mind. It really says, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: 37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Lord, that, that sounds like everything. It sounds kind of extreme. You know, maybe, maybe it's different in other parts of the Bible. I mean, let's go, to, let's go to Proverbs. There's some real practical wisdom there, right? Yeah, here we go. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. There it is again. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. God, wh- why are you telling me these things? I mean, I'm, I'm a good guy, especially compared to these other people, and I said a prayer in Sunday school, and I just, I'm not sure if I'm ready to give all of who I am to you. I, I'd be a lousy disciple. I don't know, God. It just, it just sounds extreme. And God kept saying to me, I know this won't be easy. It may seem to you to be bad or hard, but giving yourself wholeheartedly to me will be the best thing that you could ever imagine. I don't 
God. I don't know if I'm ready for that type of commitment just yet. But then I came across Luke chapter 9, which is a passage we're looking at today, where Jesus says in verse 23, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. Well, maybe Jesus just said that for his disciples, you know, just for those guys. I mean, there's kind of like regular Christians, and then there's the super Christians, you know, like Billy Graham, right? Well, as I continued to read Scripture, I found that there was no distinction between the average Christians, as I saw it, and the super Christians. Nothing in there about that. In fact, Scripture assumes that if, you're, if you truly believe in Christ, you're in a process of following Christ, that you're a disciple or a follower. And if you're not bearing fruit or following Christ's commands, then you have to question whether you truly believe it or not. And so I found that these commands were not intended merely for the 12 apostles. I found the same story in Mark 8:34. It says, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me. And so Jesus' commands are intended for all, not just a select few. They're intended for you and for me. So this morning, very briefly, I want to answer the question, why should we follow Jesus? Because I believe the answers are in our text. First of all, in verse 20, because he is God. And if we truly believe that he is God, then we'll allow him to be God over our lives. And that means our entire lives. And this is what God has made us for, to follow him because he is God. Secondly, we should follow Jesus because of what he has done for us. Verse 22, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And it happened just as he said. And so Jesus has given his life so that you and I could have life. A life lived for him both now and forever. So Jesus is God. He's given his life for us. And that should probably be enough reason to follow him. But Jesus doesn't stop there. Verse 24, he says, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self. If anyone is ashamed of me in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Now, that last verse most likely refers to the transfiguration, where Peter, James, and John get to see the kingdom firsthand on the mountain, which happens right after this passage. But Jesus tells us here that we should follow Jesus because our eternity depends on it. Our eternity depends on it. Wait a minute, Pastor Mark. Are Are you preaching a salvation by works kind of gospel here? Not at all. Our salvation is by grace. And any good works we do are because of God's grace. But what I'm talking about is our need to step out in faith and follow. We can only do that by God's grace, 
But we have to do that. The Bible does not say that God works out our salvation with fear and trembling, but that we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, according to Philippians 2. And I know that sounds different from what you usually hear me say because we want to put our emphasis on God and we do that in baptism and so forth. But our part is to respond to the gift, to step out in faith. And we have to do that. So Jesus calls us to be like Him. He calls us to daily give our lives to Him so that He can save us and give us His life. And so my question is, will you commit to follow Jesus today? This morning, perhaps, the king is calling you to a deeper kind of commitment. Maybe you've realized that you've been playing games with God and you've really restricted him in your life. Maybe you've realized that your belief in him is not truly belief as the Bible describes it. Christ tells us to follow him. Not so that our lives are difficult, difficult, but so that we can find who we were created to be. So that's a great thing. And so our scripture pleads with us this morning, follow Christ. Follow Christ because he's God, because he gave his own life for you, and because he commands us to follow him, and our eternity depends on it.